Have you ever been asked to do the one thing you dreaded most? Often we find ourselves stuck at that crossroads, the place in our journey when we realize that the old way of doing things is just no longer working. Learning to pivot brings freedom in life and business. When life provided the opportunity, I left corporate America to start my first business in 2004 while raising my twins. In 2021, we left the only life we had ever known and moved across the country to start over. There were more questions than answers and the road ahead was unclear. We decided to let faith, not fear, be our compass. Today, we are building the life of our dreams. With my background in marketing and a decade in the photography industry, I know how to help entrepreneurs shine online and share their talents with the world. The opportunity to rebuild my business allowed me to transition into a role as a business coach and a personal brand strategist. Join us here each week where we share simple strategies to get you unstuck in life and business and on your way to living the life you've been dreaming of. I am your host, Shelly Niehaus, and this is the Educated, Empowered, Inspired Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Educated, Empowered, Inspired Podcast. I am excited to introduce you to our guest, Samantha Foote. Samantha is a board-certified music therapist, a positive discipline parent educator, and a registered Music Together teacher. She obtained a bachelor's degree from Utah State University and completed her master's in music with a specialization in music therapy uh, from Colorado State. She is a neurological music therapy fellow and a dialectical behavior therapy informed music therapist. Samantha is also neurodivergent and she works as a business owner and has recently been diagnosed with ADHD. That is a lot, Samantha. I know. I was very, I was very impressed with how you said neurological and dialectical. That uh, people up. So good job. I may or may not have practiced that because I saw the big words. I'm like, I, I need to go through with that. So. <laughs> well, welcome. We are so excited to have you today. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. We are going to dive into a topic that I have felt very passionate about um, chatting about, and I'm so. Uh, lucky to have found Samantha to be a guest, but we're going to talk about ADHD and neurodivergent and just what it's like to maybe do business um, as an entrepreneur, because it seems to be getting a lot of attention today. So before we dive into that, though, I'm going to let her fill in a little bit of the gaps and just give us a little bit of her backstory, anything that I probably left out in that bio to catch us up before we start our conversation today. Yeah, so I have been struggling with like mental health, AD, I guess it was ADHD and bipolar disorder since I was 13. And I always was like, everyone always called me a lot. They're like, you're very dramatic. You're very just over the top. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I need to pull in. I need to pull it all in. And so I never knew what was like wrong with me in quotes, I guess. And so I use music. That's how I really use music in my life because I could be dramatic and I it was praised when I was dramatic in music. And so that's how I got into music. My mom could always tell how I was feeling based on how I was playing the piano. Like I could take the same song and play it sad or angry or happy, and it would sound completely different. So she always knew how I was feeling. So when I became a music therapist, I was just able to put all of that together and use my strengths in being dramatic to help others. So that's how it came oh. to be. <laughs> That's first of all cool that you found a way to channel that, as you're going to say, dramaticness as a, as a yeah. child through music. Do you think a lot of other kids have 
that you work with have also found that as an outlet or have they accidentally stumbled upon it or do you have to introduce it to to them? Like how, what kind of connection is there normally between someone that might need that type of therapy and someone that actually knows they need it? So a lot of kids that I work with actually have very concrete thinking. And so it's hard for them to get into music because, well, they like music. It's hard for them to improvise. So it's hard for me to improvise too. I look at music and I can, I can sight read like no one's business. I can just see a piece of music and read it and be just fine. But you asked me to improvise and I'm like, oh no, I don't know the notes. I don't know all this stuff. And so what I find is kids really like music because it's very sequential. It's very like math oriented and they really like that. Not all of them. Some do. I don't want to like make everyone into the same box, you know? Right. But, but most of them have a lot, have a really hard time improvising. And that's what we work on is learning how to improvise and feel comfortable with that so that they can improvise in other areas of their life. Well, that might be something we all need. So yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, one of the things we always like to start off with with our guests is talking about pivoting. The my heart behind this podcast is teaching people to to pivot in life and business because when we learn to pivot, it just makes our journey easier because we're able to kind of you know adjust as we need to go. And so I would love for you to start off by just telling us a little bit about a time maybe that you had to pivot and how it kind of helped you maybe overcome some fear or, you know, imposter syndrome or whatever it was that just kind of helped you get to the next stage and get to that transformation. Yeah. So my whole adult working life, I have wanted to open a school for kids with disabilities. That's just what I wanted to do. I did my internship at a school for kids with disabilities and they had all their therapies. They had small class sizes, like three teachers to six students. And that's what I wanted to bring to Idaho because they didn't have anything like that here. And so in 2021, I opened a preschool for kids with disabilities. And you didn't have to be diagnosed. You just had most of the kids that came to our school, they weren't, they'd been kicked out of other schools because they just didn't fit. And so they came to our school and we had occupational therapy, speech therapy. We had music together classes facilitated by music therapists. We had behavioral therapy. And then we had just a typical preschool. So it went along for like a year, and after a year, I had really bad staff shortages. We didn't have an appropriate space. It was costing me a lot of money because I didn't have the right money set up. Like, it really needed to be a nonprofit, and we weren't a nonprofit. So I didn't have enough money to run the business. So I made the difficult decision to shut it down. Mm. And I, at that time, I was like, oh... I've never failed like this before. And so I'm like, I don't fail. Like I am a high achiever, like all throughout my life. I've, I've done well. It's been hard, but I've never failed that dramatically before. I had to call all the parents because we were supposed to start the next week for our fall, for our second school year. And I had to call all the parents and just say, I'm so sorry, we are shutting down and just feeling like I had failed everyone. I'd failed myself. I had failed everyone else. So I came up from that pretty like quickly though, talking, I, I went to counseling. I did a lot of work to get over it, but I had, and this was like years in the making for me to, to get past this. 
but I've had to realize that I was not a failure. Like sometimes businesses just don't work out and that's okay. And I don't have to do all the things because I was still running my music therapy business. And I was also running this preschool and I just could not do it all. And so from that, I learned just to slow down, do what you can, and you can have plans for later, but you don't have to do everything right this second. Wow. What a valuable lesson. I can imagine how hard that was. I, I know you and, and I know that that was, <laughs> those are some probably some really hard co- co- phone calls to make, but yeah. to be able to move past it and learn from it and not let that define you. I think that's, that's the real win there that you, that you saw that. So good, yeah. good job with, with, with doing with the work to get past that. Cause that's, that's hard. That's hard. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Well, today we're going to talk about something that I feel is becoming more, maybe more and more just people, maybe it's just me, or maybe there's more and more awareness in the mainstream, like social media. I was telling Samantha when we were talking about putting this episode together, literally last week in the span of a day, I saw three different people talking about entrepreneurship and how they have in their adult adult life maybe have discovered that they may have ADHD or something like that that they've probably been dealing with their whole life but they've just kind of learned to deal with it and a lot of that is because when we were growing up I'm a Gen Xer it wasn't even really something that was talked about you know you, you were just kind of lumped into maybe you know the distracting kids or whatever in the classroom and there weren't the diagnosis and the resources and so we kind of just figured it out and went about our life. But now that people have kids and they're going through these tests and stuff and getting their kids diagnosed and seeing that there's help for their children, they're like, oh my goodness, maybe that's what I've been struggling with my whole life. Or maybe that's some of my, my thing that explains some of my tendencies. And I saw a, a business leader talk about how she struggled with ADHD and how it's really kind of been eye-opening to see how it has affected her and her business. And then I just, I saw some other people talk about it. I've had a friend talk about it with her own business. And then even last night I was scrolling Facebook and there was, I don't know if you know the Holder and his family, but they had done a, like a, one of their songs about the the guy has ADHD and he was talking about how some of his tendencies, but then how it made him this amazing creative person and how he was able to write these songs and do all this work that we get to enjoy. So I just thought it'd be so helpful to have Samantha on today to really help us talk about what maybe doing business as someone that has ADHD or the characteristics that maybe you think you may have it. What does that look like in the entrepreneur world and maybe just how to even know if you should be on that journey? So she's going to give us all the all the goods. So. <laughs> Maybe since you're, you are an entrepreneur with ADHD, you could talk about it just a little bit and tell us about what it looks like or maybe some of the things that you noticed or just so just introduce those people that maybe aren't as well, not uh, versed on this, what being in the business space as an entrepreneur with ADHD might look like. So yeah, I was thinking about this and obviously... One of the biggest things is having all the ideas that you need to do right now. And so that's been a huge struggle for me is I always have all these ideas and I have to do everything right now. And then it gets hard and then I stop. 
because I'm not I'm still interested in it but it's not new and shiny it's like shiny object syndrome you know where you're like yes I'm gonna do that I'm gonna do that but then you start doing it and then you get bored with it because the dopamine kind of wears off and so that I think for the in the business world is one of the biggest things that I've experienced and then also being impulsive so I see something, I'm like, oh, I need that for my business or I need that in my life and just getting it right then when maybe you don't need it. And then perfectionism, but having paralysis so you can't be perfect, but you want to be perfect. And so you just kind of do nothing because you can't be perfect. And so you get overwhelmed and then you just do nothing. It's called decision paralysis. And yeah, you just sit there and doom scroll or something because you're overwhelmed with all the things that you want to do. So then you just do nothing. And then for networking, so obviously I network if I'm in business and it's called rejection sensitivity. And I just think nobody likes me. Everybody hates me. Why am I here? And just you're very, what's it called? You're just very sensitive to being rejected. You think that everyone's going to reject you. So why try? Those are some of the things that I've experienced. Hey guys, Shelly here. I hope you are enjoying this episode. I just wanted to take a moment to invite you to my free monthly training, the Branding Power Hour. This is a virtual event that's held the fourth Wednesday of each month at Noon Mountain, 1 p.m. Central. If you are a small business owner wanting to grow your personal brand with simple strategies that work and really level up your marketing, this is the place for you. We share tips and tricks to be better at marketing your business. Be sure to check out the link in the show notes and you must be on the list to register to get the Zoom link. Come on out and join us. We can't wait to meet you. So to those of us that are listening, maybe that don't have it, we, we can identify with a little bit of those in each, you know, just that we all have those things. But how does it look different from someone that has ADHD? Like, is it more magnified? Is it more like paralysis or debilitating like mm-hmm. like what would be the difference between someone saying oh yeah I feel like somebody you know may not like me when I walk into a, a networking event versus this is a real thing and I, it is a real struggle that I have to like deal with on a daily basis I would say the magnitude that it impacts your life so for me I was not getting things done I was not doing things that need done until the absolute pos- the absolute last second and then I just wouldn't talk in like networking events because I'm like, no one's going to want to hear what I say. And so I wouldn't go to certain networking events. If it stops you from going places or if it stops you from progressing in your life, I would say get help because that's when it becomes pathological is how much it affects your life. Because you're right, everyone does experience these things, but when it's, when it, interferes with your daily living that's when you need to seek help okay perfect so and I think a lot one of the the misnomers about ADHD is that you have to have be like hyper because yeah. I know I have a son that is has ADHD and he is the, the furthest thing but he yeah. you know he, he's in his room to do a three-step sequence and he'll come out and do one of them so maybe speak into a little bit about what the myth might be and then what the reality is of living with ADHD so a lot of ADHD is executive functioning skills and those are like attention skills sequencing being able to do things in a certain order creating habits all of that and that's all kind of messed up 
in a person with ADHD. And so some some people might be hyperactive, but a lot of people that I know, they're hyperactive in their head, not so much outside. And so for like a lot of women, or I, I hear this more for women though, so it could be for men too, but you tend to hyper-focus on things and then you tend to talk a lot and interrupt. So for me, if I have something that I need to say, I like have this compulsion that I have to get it out of me right that second, or I'm going to forget it and then I won't be able to say it anymore because my mind is going from thing to thing to thing to thing to thing. And I'm having like six different conversations in my head, but on the outside, I look totally fine. Oh, wow. Okay. That's cool. So it sometimes it can be just in the head even though you you appear calm on the outside, but your brain is just going a million miles a minute. And then it's the, it's the executive functioning issues. So yeah, how did I mention what it looks like for women? Give us maybe a little bit, a few other differences of what ADHD could maybe look like for women versus men, especially as an adult in the business world. Yeah, so you might be easily distracted. You can cry easily. Daydreaming, a lot of women just daydream. And so they're not there mentally. It's just all mental mostly. And then if they're trying to do like routines, I know I get down on myself because I really have a hard time doing routines. And I just learned this a few weeks ago that people with executive fun- executive dysfunction, they can't make habits. So every individual thing that they do, they are thinking about that thing. So when you go to wash the dishes, a lot of people can just do it, you know, just rotely. So they just do it without thinking. And when people with executive dysfunction go to load the dishes, they have to be like, okay, I'm going to wash this dish. I'm going to put this dish in the dishwasher. I'm going to do this. And then I'm going to do this. So yeah, those are just some of the ways that it can look. That sounds hard. Like that that just hurt makes my brain hurt. (laughs) So so that's something, I mean, I can imagine that that's just a huge like emotional drain to have to think that much to focus. So that's maybe why you, you don't want to, it's easier just to not because it requires so much focus. Is that, would you yeah, so an accurate description? Yeah. One thing that I forgot too is people with ADHD are super tired all the time. Just the fatigue is overwhelming because their brain has to think so hard about everything that they're doing that it just causes like um, extreme fatigue. Wow. And I can imagine, especially in the entrepreneurial space where you don't have a lot of structure, I mean, the same things that make you a brilliant business person, your creativity, your ideation, you know, your ability to just do these amazing things is also really hard when you don't have the structure of a nine-to-five schedule, a boss, people telling you what to do or whatever. So I can see where that that's a tension that might be hard for a lot of entrepreneurs to live in. Yeah, it's also, I think it's a blessing and a curse. Because if you're your own boss, when you get excited about something or when you get that spurt of energy, you can do it and you're on nobody else's timeline. But then that's also the curse that you're on nobody else's timeline. So if you don't want to do it, no one's going to tell you you have to do it. Oh, yeah, this is fascinating. I'm thinking about it too as as a parent, you know, that this is so eye-opening to just some of the things that we see going on in our own home. Okay, so... If, if maybe some of the things that we're describing sounds like you or what, what does it look like? Like if you want to maybe kind of start pulling this thread on what it looks like to maybe get tested and all that, where does someone 
thinks maybe this could be something that they struggle with or they're just open to maybe pursuing this a little bit, where would they go to start um, learning more and get tested? I You can do it two ways. So they have online testing that's completely you know, private pay and you go online and pay, I think it's like 100 to $300 or something like that. And they give you the ADHD test and you get diagnosed or you don't and then they help you. What I suggest is, is that you talk to your primary health provider and they can either diagnose you or they can send you to a psychiatrist that can diagnose you or just send you to whoever you need to go to. Those are the, that's the way that I went. I went to my primary care provider and she gave me three different assessments. She gave me an assessment for my, for me to fill out, for my husband to fill out, and then one for my mom to fill out for when I was a child. Mm. And then she took all that information and looked at it and told me I had ADHD. Okay. So your primary care is the person that was able to do that for you. You didn't have to go see a specialist or something like that. But I mean, I know that's another way too. Yeah. I think that stops some people because they think it's like they have to go down this road of special specialist and, and all this stuff. So start with your primary care. Just see where that takes you. And then if you don't you know, feel like you got the support or the resources there, you can always take that next step. But that's a great place to start. Yeah. So my primary care doctor actually specializes in ADHD randomly. That's not why I started going to her. But but your primary care doctor should be able to diagnose you or send you where you need to go. Okay, cool. Awesome. All right. So say maybe we get diagnosed and we now have this new world that we have to live with. So what are some strategies that we may get once we have a diagnosis to maybe start you know, changing our habits or changing our lifestyle to be able to, you know, maybe support this new like way of living better and to be able to get ourselves the support we need. So the first thing that anyone is going to tell you after you get diagnosed, they're going to suggest medication. That's just what doctors do. You can choose the medication or not. For a lot of people, it works really great. And for a lot of people, it doesn't work so great. So for me, it was life-changing. I'm still myself. I still have a lot of the same things, but I just, I don't have all the symptoms of ADHD to a point where it's affecting my life. Like I can actually be productive and not have that paralysis. I'm not extremely tired. But yeah, that is the first thing that most medical providers will give you is the option to get medication. Past that, there's just different things that you can use. So I use music, obviously. Music can help regulate your emotions. So if you have ADHD, you typically have highs and lows for emotions. So if you are, I suggest making a playlist. So if you're feeling angry and you want to get to calm, there's this thing called the ISO principle. And you listen to angry music for a while and then you slowly move into calm music or happy music or whatever music you want to listen to to make you into that new state you use that music, but you start off with the angry music or else you'll just shock your body and it won't work as well. So I make, I have playlists for like when I'm feeling angry, when I'm feeling sad, when I'm feeling happy. And then you can just help yourself transition into a new emotion if you don't want to stay in the emotion that you're feeling. Another thing that I use music for is to enhance focus and concentration. So I definitely can't you listen to like, let's say Taylor Swift. I cannot listen to Taylor Swift if I want to be productive doing business work. If I want to clean, by all means, turn it on, you know? But a lot of people with ADHD cannot listen to music that have that has music and voice to it. 
So they might listen to instrumental music or classical. They might listen to ambient sounds. There's stuff called deep sleep music for ADHD or brown noise. That works really well for people with ADHD because it's just noise. It's not, but it's like does something in your brain that helps you focus better. That is that is interesting. And, and I say that from someone that has a child with ADHD. When I was growing up, we were taught you do your homework in a quiet environment with no distract, you know, the, the, the typical thing. And I put him in that and he crumbled. He could not mm-hmm. do it. He has to have music on in the background while he's doing his homework. I guess it just quiets the brain or something, but it, it helps him with that that focus, as you said. And he has to have it to sleep, too. Um, yeah. He cannot go to sleep. Like He actually prefers sea shanties, which I am learning all thing, new things about sea shanties. But it's just interesting to see how, you know, what somebody would think would be hard, like very distracting. Your, his brain needs to be able to function at, you know, and do the things that he needs to do just to, to study or get to sleep. And so I love that you guys can incorporate music into this because it's just not something that that I, I had ever been aware of until I had had a, a son that needed it. So so you think music is definitely one of the strategies. Tell us a little bit about a few of the other resources that you might suggest in addition to music for like business owners or parents yeah. or anybody that's being, you know, that's getting into this world. So there are some ADHD coaches that I know of. You can find them on Instagram. Daniel Ralston runs a group and Ellen Argo runs a group. She's called the ADHD boss. I don't know if she runs a group or just as individual coaching actually, but I know that Daniel Ralston runs a group and then Ellen Argo does one-on-one coaching. If you don't want to coach, then I really like the Me Plus app. I like it for cleaning or you can put any daily tasks that you need in there, but I have a hard time with cleaning. And so you can put all the things that you need to do either daily, weekly, monthly, yearly, and just put it in there. And then then it will just pop up every day what you need to do. And so you don't have to think about like, okay, well, I cleaned like my blinds today. So I need to clean them in six months. I'm going to put that on the calendar. You like, you just put it in the app and then the app pops up everything you need to do that day. Okay, well, I'm going to use that. <laughs> that was a good one for all of us. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think that's super helpful because you're right. Some of those those things, it just aren't necessarily something you do every day, but you need to put in your calendar, your routine. That's got to be hard for someone that yeah. you know, already struggles with like creating habits, as you said, and stuff like that. You also said there were some books, maybe. I think we, we talked yeah. about that one. I think you, you already referred to one of them, um, Atomic Habits. But tell us a little bit about maybe why you think these are such good resources. So with Atomic Habits, I started reading it and I was like, okay, it's another book about how to do habits. It's another book about how to gain habits. And I don't gain habits. I don't know how to do habits. But he gives you he gives you strategies to make habits easier. So not necessarily to like build the habit, but like if you want to work out every morning, then you put your workout clothes you know, on your nightstand so that when you wake up and before you go do anything else, you know, you're like, oh, yeah, that's what I was doing this morning because sometimes people forget. Um, So he just talks about different strategies. So he talks about things like how to make things easier, but also how to make things harder. So if you have a habit that you want to break, he's like, well, make it harder, make it harder to do so that you don't do it anymore. And like writing different contracts and just stuff like that. I thought he listed it out very well for my neurodivergent brain. At the end of every chapter, he does a summary review and he's like, do this, do this, do this, do this. And it's just 
very helpful for me. Okay, so give us one example of how you've maybe taken this strategy and applied it to your business. Like as a neurodivergent business owner with the strategy, like just give us one tiny way you've that it's helped you achieve a win in your business. So I have started making three-month goals, and I broke it down into week by week, so 12 weeks. And I broke, so I want to make a course in my business. And so I have broken down what I need to do each week, and I made it manageable so that I know what to do each week instead of just be like, I want to make a course by this day. Okay, I'm, I'm not going to save it all until the very, very end. I'm going to do it week by week. So that's something that I learned from him that I have put into my daily practice. Cool. So it just allowed you to kind of manage it a little bit more and just visualize it, I guess. Are there any visual tools as far as, you know, and I guess this is, I, I didn't prepare you for this question, but planners or to, like, is there, is there something, that, is it help to have more visual tools for people that have ADHD or is it like, like what, what types of tools tend to work better? Like digital, paper, just those types of things. Well, I think it just depends on you as a person, like, but I found that the Me Plus app works really well because, and that's visual, like you just, it's digital, but I really, really like paper stuff because it just does something in my brain when I can write it down. So I use Wendy Lawson's 90 Day Slay program and she has a planner and that's what helps me break down the things week by week. And it just helps my brain so much because you make three goals and then you just break them down so I don't get the paralysis, you know? So that's what I've used. I know people that use, so visual schedules, that's just a picture for every single thing you need to do. So in the morning, your morning routine, let's say you don't remember what you need to do for your morning routine. You forget to brush your teeth. You forget to put on deodorant, whatever. Just make a visual schedule of yourself doing those things and put it on your bathroom mirror. And then that will tell you, okay, do this step. Now do this step. Now do this step. Now do this step. I, I wish I had had you when my son was in like fifth grade. I think I told you this, but we literally yeah. would take post-it notes and we would put them on his mirror, like brush your teeth, put your deodorant on. And we would lay out all the different products because he needed that visual clue Otherwise, he would, you know, forget to brush his teeth in the morning. And as someone that yeah. didn't have ADHD, I'm like, how do you forget to brush your teeth? But it was something he just didn't didn't even think about, didn't even cross his mind. So yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, those visual cues are huge. Okay, yeah. so you have some resources for business owners, business owners that maybe think you know they they do have some neurodivergence and disease, or um, they have ADHD, um, and there are five musical strategies. Could you share a little bit about this? Yeah, so you can go to my website and download this PDF, and it just takes you through different ways that music can help you in your life if you have ADHD, or even if you're just overwhelmed with being a business owner, it can take you through ways of how to reduce the overwhelm. So I have an ebook for that, and then I have a download for the five musical strategies for neurodivergent people. Okay, and you also tell them a little bit about your other stuff. I know we're talking about the the downloadable, but you have a Facebook group and some other things. Um, so just share with us a little bit about some of the other resources you have um, in this in this area. Yeah, so I co-host the Every Brain is Different podcast, and it's mainly for parents of neurodivergent kids. So if you're a parent and you're like, how do I parent this neurodivergent kid? I am not neurodivergent myself. I don't know how they think. 
we have resources for you. So I have the parenting, no, not the parenting. <laughs> I have the podcast, Every Brain is Different. And then I also have Parenting with Confidence. And that is just a Facebook group on online. And we just share different positive parenting tips for neurodivergent kids. So that's plenty of resources for us business owners, as parents, because I know there's a, you know, a lot of people out on the list of this podcast that are not only business owners, but we're parents too. And so I just thought it'd be great for you to have all her, uh, Samantha's resources because they they will help you. And, and they will. And as someone that wasn't neurodivergent and parenting a neurodivergent child, it was me retraining my brain. And I had to learn a whole new set of skills. So definitely take advantage of her resources because it will change your life once you can figure out like kind of how the brain works and how to relate to that type of brain. So awesome. Well, so tell us a little bit about, I guess I always like to leave our listeners with a very practical and tactical step that they could take maybe this week to start on this journey. So maybe I'm a business owner that is saying, you know what, a lot of this resonates with me. And I think it's beyond just the Every day, like, you know, I'm a little nervous to walk into a networking event or I'm, you know, I, I'm a little bit of a procrastinator, but I really feel like this is debilitating and paralyzing me to be able to move forward in my business. What is one practical or technical step that they could take this week to start to maybe implement something we talked about today? So I would recommend talking to your primary care doctor. If you're not ready for that, I would find a counselor. Okay. Immediately. <laughs> So yeah. counseling has completely changed my life. So if you're not ready for the diagnosis, get a counselor and they can help you with what you need. I will second that because we we saw a counselor, my my, my son and I did together. And that was, I think, what saved our relationship when, when we were going through this. And it was more for me to learn how to do it. So counseling is so important and just getting the right diagnosis. So thank you so much for sharing that. I think that's great. Okay. So let's talk about the best way. We, we've listed a bunch, but if, if people want to reach out to you, what is the best way they can connect with you? My website is boisemusictherapycompany.com. And you can download my freebies on there. And you can there's also a contact page on there if you want to contact me. Or you can set up a consultation with me. Okay. And if you're here in the Treasure Valley and you're looking to get some of her services, definitely check into them because... She's got some amazing things that she works with in the musical therapy world. So. Okay, I love to leave our listeners inspired. You know, we've educated them about this this topic and we've given them a practical and tactical step that they could take this week to maybe start this journey. But let's let's talk about something that maybe leave them inspired. Before we say goodbye, I would just like to ask you, Samantha, what what inspires you? So I don't know if this will inspire other people, but Watching my kids, they're all neurodivergent, they're all medically complex, and just watching them navigate school has inspired me so much because it is very hard for them. You know, the social aspect, the academic aspect, they have like visual processing, auditory processing, all the processing dysfunctions. So yeah, I just watching how hard they work has inspired me to be like, well, if they can do that, I can do hard things too. I love that. And and I just, that's so inspiring just to see that your kids, you know, even though you're an expert and you know so much about this topic, that you can still lean on your kids and watching them with their experiences to inspire you, you know, in your own journey. And I'm really glad that you're still pushing through with the music therapy and all that, because I think this is going to really help so many people 
that just th- that need this. And so, um, awesome. All right. Well, we would love to hear how this message inspired you today. So first of all, thank you so much for coming, Samantha. We really enjoyed having you here. Thanks. I really liked being here. <laughs> You've shared such a great wealth of information. We would love to hear how this message inspired you. Please screenshot it and maybe share it on social media. I guarantee you there is somebody out there in your world that needs to hear this episode. They need the encouragement of maybe where to go to get help or take that first step on this journey. Or maybe just to even know that they're not alone and there are resources out there to help them. So please share this episode with anyone that you think might be needing it in in this week in their life. And leave it a review on Apple iTunes. That's the best way for me to know that these shows are resonating with you and that this is content that you want to have in the future. I always go back and look at the reviews when I'm looking at what to plan for future episodes. So thank you so much for that. And don't forget to tag either one of us on Facebook when you or Instagram when you share the episode and so finally remember wherever you are in your life or business today don't stay stuck keep going and be brave thank you so much for hanging out with us today if you were educated empowered or inspired please follow and leave a review and share this episode with a friend i want to help you get unstuck in life and business so you can build a life of your dreams the first step on that journey is learning to calm the chaos and make space for what matters Get my secret weapon for finding time in your busy life to make good things happen. Just click on the link in the show notes and grab my simple strategies to overcome overwhelm and take back your life. And until next time, remember, don't get stuck, keep going, and be brave.